I'm the goat of Disney. I eat everything. All right, everybody, it's Corey story time. So kick back, relax, put your feet up, and get ready to listen to this one. We're not just going to report Disney news and just talk about it. I mean, that's already been done a million times. But then again, we do love Disney news. We will talk about some. This is not your grandfather's Disney podcast. So I'm watching this new thing on Netflix. Let's talk about it. So Tammy has me running all over Disney World looking for this new lounge fly. Jillian loves China so much that if she was ever lost, she would need a tag on her shirt that says, If lost, return me to China. Jacob's my dude. Jacob is my tech man. He makes me sound good. Welcome everyone to the pod. Back once again this week with some good Diz fun. We're going to preview the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival. So excited to dive into that because we get to review food. We're going to review our top 10 booths to visit early on in this festival. Also, Diz Screenplay Theater. We are attacking none other than Lord of the Rings. And you get to hear my Gollum impression. I would love to know what you think about that. You can hit us up on Instagram and uh, DM me and let me know what you think. You can also try us on Instant, um, not Instant, but Messenger on Facebook is another place. Or livinginditz at gmail.com. You can hit us up on that and let me know what you think about the latest impression to hit the pod also we have much much more we'll talk about some disney news our attraction feature this week is the mad tea party although it is not called that everywhere in every disney park i guarantee you'll learn many things you never knew about that attraction all that and more let's get started So let's just talk about, you know, some random things that uh, come up in my mind that I'm always thinking like, let's talk about this on the pod. How about self-checkout? How do you handle self-checkout? I am just telling you that whenever Tammy and I see self-checkout, we're doing self-checkout. And why do I do it? I mean, I have more answers than maybe you may listening. But for me, number one, it may get me out of there quicker. It's going to get me out of there quicker. And sometimes I'm like, okay, let me pretend I'm working here. Let me scan these things, put them in the bags, and just set up the payment. I'm like, all right, yeah, I could do this. I checked out in, you know, record time. You know, it's it's like playing in the store for me. So I like self-checkout. And uh, if you don't like self-checkout, that would be interesting to hear of why you don't like self-checkout. You know, granted, you might not want to do self-checkout if you have more than 20 items. I have to say, I've probably never gone through self-checkout with more than, like, 10 items. Probably 7. You know, something like that. So I thought that was interesting to bring up. And to all the dads out there, are you the lowest-ranking member of your family? Because I feel like I am. Absolutely. When we first moved into our Florida home... I sat at what I thought was the head of the table and, you know, Jacob looks at me like, what are you doing? And Tammy defended him and she was like, that's his chair. I'm like, I am the head of the household. I'm supposed to sit at the end. (laughs) 
And, uh, yeah, I got voted out on that one. So, uh, I don't sit there. What kind of, what kind of man am I? What kind of dad am I? I don't know. But, yeah, that happens to me, too. So, if there weren't a million and a half reasons to keep Tammy already, this one takes the cake. This is almost like a, a bonus Corey story time for this pod. I come home, like, maybe three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, and I come home with this crazy idea. And I'm like, she's not going to go for this, but... You never know. So I'm just going to cast that line out into the water and see if she goes for it. And the idea was this. I says, honey, times are changing. And I think that families, American families, and maybe international families, are going to start putting multiple TVs on their walls. And I think we should do that. For the upcoming baseball and football season, we should put up multiple TVs. It'll make watching sports so much better. She's like, we're not doing that. Forget about it. (laughs) So a few days pass or even that night, I think we go to bed and I'm staring at the ceiling and I say, you know, we should change this bedroom around. She's like, we discussed this already. I go, oh, well, what did we say? We discussed this already my brain starts turning well hmm well i guess you said that we should change it around so we went to a movie on that following sunday and i'm thinking we have time this afternoon there's no football hmm i said why don't we change the room around after the movie so we end up changing the room around and my computer workstation You know, I have a bunch of Disney stuff on it, as I should, and I have two monitors, and I love it, love the workstation, and we're moving the bedroom around, and Tammy says, make sure you make room for your workstation, because the workstation occupied some of the space in which the multiple TVs on the wall would go if we were to do it, and this is taking place in our entertainment room that already exists with a 100-inch screen on one of the walls. So she says, after she says that, like, you need room in our bedroom for your workstation. I'm like, wait, what? So we can get the multiple TV wall? And she's like, well, that's what you want, don't you? And I was like, whoa, (laughs) that's amazed is. So the project went underway. From that moment, I didn't stop thinking about it. And I think within a week... Less than a week. I think in five days, the project was complete. Amazing. Amazing. So I shout out to my wife. You get another lounge fly. (laughs) Speaking of lounge flies, she's eyeballing two of them. She's eyeballing the Tinkerbell one that just debuted. And she's also eyeballing the Orange Bird that is about to drop this week at Flower and Garden Festival. So stay tuned to find out which of those she obtains, if not both. Hmm. And they say I can't buy mugs. You know, three mugs equals one lounge fly. We should do that ratio. We should see how many lounge flies she has compared to how many mugs I have 
and see if the ratio works. And if you're talking about spacing, I would say four mugs equals one lounge fly, the normal size lounge fly. Aha. Food for thought as I think about this and talk about this. I think we're good there. Let's get started. So at the time of recording this podcast, it appears that Disney Parks Blog News is down. So I popped over to a website that is always trusted 100%, and that is the Diz Unplugged. That's a D-I-S, not the D-I-Z. And I found an article uh, about some news that just broke, actually. We knew about this, but now it's more official with an actual date, which is Disney annual pass holders will be able to enter the parks without a reservation soon. Starting April 18th, Walt Disney World annual pass holders can visit the theme parks after 2 p.m. without needing a park reservation. There is an exception, though. This will not be allowed on Saturdays and Sundays at Magic Kingdom. It makes sense because those are busier park days for Magic Kingdom. In this announcement, they also noted that block dates or blockout dates would continue to apply to the different annual pass tiers. Guests can still visit Magic Kingdom after 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays if they have a park reservation booked at another park and entered it. Some other big news is that starting on March 20th, Walt Disney World guests purchasing Disney Plus will also receive digital downloads of their Disney Photo Pass ride photos taken on the day of purchase for no additional charge. Bit of good news there. Um, You know, this for me as an annual pass holder, I like this because I don't have to, it's going to take or or not take as much time for me to plan my weekly visits anymore because I can't get there until 5 or 6 p.m. anyway. Uh, so a benefit of that, there's, there's two benefits. There's that benefit, and the other benefit is having five reservations to hold. I can now go down the line with Saturdays and book five at a time at all times, reoccurring, so... Those are good. So I guess I'm good on that. The only way it wouldn't be good for, well, it's fine for me. But what about the pass holders that can go during the week? And I would think most pass holders want to show up before two. So not so sure that's that's great news across the board. But for me, it works 100%. But I know for a lot of people it won't. I mean, why are we, we should just, let it go, like Elsa says, and just let annual pass holders just just come in without the reservations. But we know they're here to stay because Disney says that they are able to regulate attendance, which I thought was really uh, ironic this week because if they're controlling attendance, how did we break attendance records? If we're, you know, that tells me that there was no holds barred this week and we just let everyone in. Maybe they relaxed the restriction and went to unlimited park reservations. I'm going to take one more article from the Diz Unplugged and definitely check out the Diz Unplugged. It is an awesome uh, YouTube channel. They have all kinds of other outlets, uh, articles online, and a bunch of other things. So, um, and I like Pete. Pete's pretty cool. 
And uh, there was an article where they talked about the five must-dos for Princess and the Frog. Lovers in WDW before Tiana's Bayou opens. You should check out these things. So it says Walt Disney World saw a bittersweet day on January 23rd when its iconic Splash Mountain at Magic Kingdom closed to make way for Tiana's Bayou. Princess and the Frog will be celebrating its 15th anniversary by the time the new ride opens in 2024. But if you can't wait until then to get your Tiana fix, let's dig in a little bit deeper to what magical experiences, snacks, and accommodations WDW has to offer for fans of the princess. You can meet Tiana at Princess Fairy Tale Hall as character meet and greet slowly return to the parks. One you can count on is meeting a princess or two at Princess Fairy Tale Hall, just behind Cinderella Castle at Magic Kingdom. Tiana can be found hosting her own meet and greet at the hall, donning her classic green gown and typically joined by a visiting princess. You can snack on beignets over at Port Orleans Resort. You can also catch her at the Festival of Fantasy Parade, which is one of my favorite parades of all time. It's a daytime parade. usually starts around, uh, I think it's 3 o'clock. And it's been going on since 2014 on Main Street. And the floats are amazing. So big and it's really, really cool. Um, so if you stay at Port Orleans Resort, definitely has an, uh, a Princess and the Frog feel. And let's see if you're looking to live as Tiana does in the Big Easy Disney's Port Orleans Resort mimics the down-home vibe and jazzy music scene of New Orleans with its picturesque scenery and NOLA-inspired eats. And if you're looking for even more Princess Tiana during your stay, be sure to book the Royal Guest Room, where you'll be greeted by Aladdin's magic carpet, flickering headboards, and portraits of your favorite princesses, including a full-length frame photo of Tiana. Mickey's Magical Friendship Fair and Mickey's Magical Friendship Fair is a castle stage show starring Mickey and his friends as they join some well-known Disney royalty for a show full of singing and dancing. Along with Rapunzel and Flynn performing I Have a Dream with their pals from the Snuggly Duckling and Anna, Elsa, and Olaf coming together for some Frozen classics. You'll also catch Tiana Naveen and Lewis jamming out to dig a little deeper with Goofy. So, there you go. Those are five things that you can do to get your Tiana fix before Tiana's Bayou Adventure opens, courtesy of The Diz Unplugged. Pulled that from www.info.com. If you're about to start planning your next vacation, book your next vacation with your magical adventures await. Claudia is creating Disney adventures worldwide. She can create a magical adventure to Walt Disney World Florida, any Disney park worldwide, Disney Cruise Lines, Alani Resort in Hawaii, guided group vacation with adventures by Disney, and she's also a Universal Studios expert. If you book with her, her services are free. 
Disney pays her to help you create a seamless, magical adventure. Her availability is really unmatched. You can contact her Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Make your magical planner Claudia Anderson from Your Magical Adventures await. 956-455-8049 or check her out on Instagram with instant message Claudia Anderson, all one word. That's C-L-A-U-D-I-A-I-N-D-R-I-D-S-O-N. And as a special bonus, if you book with her, all traveling members of your party will receive a special Living in Diz luggage tag. So make sure you let her know that we sent you. If you're a fan of our channel, Living in Diz, for some kind of time, you've been enjoying Disney through the eyes of our family. So what about enjoying Disney through your own eyes? How can you accomplish that? You'll want to contact Victor Naraki. With over a decade of helping people find the homes of their dreams right near Disney, Victor is the perfect realtor of La Rosa Realty Horizons to help you find the home of your dreams. Simply go to DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. That's DisneyAtYourDoorstep.com. And don't forget to tell him that Living in Diz sent you. So here it goes. It is the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival 2023. We have reviewed the menus and looked at some food photos. Now, mind you, the food photos, I think, for the most part, are things that are not new. So when I went through these menus, I on some of them that sound good to me, I just have to go on the description of the menu and uh, hope that it's good when we review it. So we're going to go through the top 10 booths of our choice to attack first in the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival 2023. And the dates are March 1st through July 5th, 2023. These will not be in order, but... uh, just wanted you to know that so that uh, we're not doing a ranking here. I just pulled the top 10 booths that we want to attack. And why do we do that? I mean, I don't like to walk around the park aimlessly with the stream live and just kind of browsing and looking around, which is probably fine for some people. But I like to pre-plan a lot of things we do. I think it presents the stream in a better light. I, it's not fake. It's just more organized. And I like that. I like to keep things moving on our streams. So if we look ahead to the refreshment port, that is immediately to your right when you're heading over to Canada, when you enter the World Showcase area. So the menu, they only have two things. Most booths have three items to eat. Here, they always have a poutine, or at least one poutine. Listen to these two things. I'm going to try both of these things. Shrimp scampi poutine with cheese curds, lemon garlic cheese fondue, spinach, and artichokes. That is new. Um, So that sounds 
it sounds decent. It's, it, I'll tell you right now, that wouldn't be my number one thing to try, but we're going to try it. I'm not a big fan of cheese curds, and I just feel like with a name like cheese in the name, it should taste cheesier. And maybe cheese curds are not supposed to be super cheesy, but yeah, they don't really do it for me, but I just eat them to go along with the entire dish. The dessert is soft serve waffle cone, peanut butter jelly swirl, peanut butter jelly swirl, peanut butter anything, I'm in. Peanut butter jelly chicken, we had that uh, at a recent festival at Epcot, and it was some of the best chicken I have ever had. It might be the best chicken I've ever had. So good. So that is that booth. I don't really review the drinks because we don't really buy the special drinks there because a lot of times, you know, they're alcoholic. And if there's something that's non-alcoholic on it, I just don't bother looking. Here's a booth that's really never visited by us. It's been a long time, but it's Italy. And it's for two reasons. The line is always super long. And I feel like for the portion you get, it's not warranted for the price. Like Italy is always double digit pricing. It's high. And I feel like you can agree or disagree with me, you know, but I feel like I love Italian food. It's my favorite, but marinara sauce and noodles, how many different ways can you do it? I'm sure everything's amazing there, but I'd rather put my money into something else more consistently, having some more uh, original flavors and more adventurous things than that. But who knows? It's on the list. So we may just do this one or we have to. It's on the list. And the three items that they have is Caesar Con Gambaret, and that is made up of baby gem lettuce, shrimp, Caesar dressing, and crispy bread crumble. That is new. All three of these are brand new items. Tortellini Primavera, made up of spinach, tortellini, sweet butter, panchetta, or pancetta, corn peas, and fava beans. Some of you may get that. Uh, Budino al Noki, Nokiol, and that is the dessert. It's a chocolate hazelnut pudding with cookie crumble. So we'll have to bite the bullet and head over to Italy this time. Over to Northern Bloom, the 2023 menu, and Northern Bloom is your official Canada or Canadian booth. And they are serving one new item and two old favorites. Seared scallops with French green beans, butter potatoes, brown butter vinaigrette, and Nuesque's applewood smoked bacon. I'm in with anything bacon. How about we do peanut butter jelly bacon something? Or just peanut butter jelly and bacon. Beef tenderloin tips, mushroom bordelais sauce, and whipped potatoes with garden vegetables. This could be the meat that we love from Canada. It is so good. For all of you that don't know, we always feel like the steak or the beef is much better at the booth in Canada than inside your actual La Cellier. Like, seriously. 
you can be the judge too. But that's what we found with the type of steak we got. And I can't tell you what we did order. I think it was the same type of meat, same type of steak. But American cows are served outside the in the Canada booth. But the Canadian cows are served in Cirque. I was going to say, I was going to call it Cirque du Soleil all of a sudden. In La Cellier. So, yeah. Probably something you didn't know. Chocolate maple whiskey cake is your dessert. <clears throat> now on to Mag... Ooh. Now on to Magnolia Terrace, which is in the American Pavilion. We have four items. Go America. And three of them are new. Okay, uh, yeah. So let's dive in. Muffaletta panini with ham, salami, mortadella, provolone, and Swiss with olive salad. Spicy chicken gumbo with andouille sausage and Ben's original long grain and wild rice. Crawfish pie. And your new item for dessert is Bananas Foster. Oh, man. You know what? I'll say this right now. This will be the booth that we visit for sure on the first stream that we do at this festival and yes we will be getting everything okay I'm, I'm just going on pictures and i feel like the la isla fresca menu booth is probably where brazil would be if disney expanded the countries and they have one new item with two returning here's your new one ready for this braised oxtail with pigeon pea rice. That sounds nasty, <laughs> but I'm going to eat it. I am going to eat it for you all, so you don't have to. It's always fun to try something adventurous on the stream, so we'll do it. Next up is sugarcane shrimp skewer with Ben's original long grain white rice, mango salsa, and coconut lime sauce. And lastly, coconut trelex. Vanilla cake soaked in oat milk, almond milk, and coconut milk with toasted coconut. How about that? So we'll be trying uh, those items as well. Moving on to the Jardin de Fiestas. That is the Mexican booth. And there is one of two new items there. The first one is, which is the new one, is the Quesadilla de Flor de Calabaza. And it's house-made masa tortillas with squash blossoms, bacon, onion, zucchini, and cheese. That is also gluten and wheat-friendly, as well as this following one, Taco Vampirio. Interesting. Beef barbacoa, or barbacoa beef in corn tortilla with crispy grilled Monterey Jack cheese, salsa ranchera, and esquites or esquites. And that's what they have. Um, you know, Mexico doesn't usually um, disappoint. They were really good 
at the previous festival. Festival of the Arts was just probably the best I've ever had over there in the Mexican booth. It was the best. It was the best. And if you want to know about that, go back and listen to that podcast or watch the live stream. Uh, you know, when we were there, I think it was, a, I would think it was the final live stream or second to final. So some booths are going to have an early bloom menu. And what that means is they're going to have a secondary menu. This particular booth that I'm going to talk about actually has three different menus. How about that? So the early bloom menu goes from March 1st to April 8th. That includes one of three new items. You've got chilled potato and leek soup with bacon lardons, potato croutons, chive oil, and crispy leeks. That is gluten and wheat friendly. Then there's char-grilled bison ribeye with creamy leek fondue, wam, red wine butter sauce, and whipped red wine goat cheese the third item is the new one on the list which is spice cake with cream cheese icing and candied pecans and parsnip i'm all in all in on those things they look very interesting too uh, as i was able to peep on some pictures with those then it switches over to the springtime menu which is available april 9th through may 20th and there is one of three brand new items. The first item is grilled vegetable bruschetta with marinated peppers, zucchini, squash, artichokes, goat cheese, and a balsamic glaze on grilled ciabatta. The new item is grilled swordfish with crushed fingerling potatoes, pea, and mint puree, grilled asparagus, and lemon puree blanc. And another returning favorite is strawberry rhubarb upside down cake with creme fraiche whipped cream. And the summer solstice menu available May 20th through July 5th. We have one of three new items. And you have tomato and red onion panzanella with avocado, burrata cheese, and fresh basil barbecued seared pork tenderloin with summer succotash, herb butter, and grapefruit vinaigrette, which is gluten gluten, uh, and wheat friendly. And your new item is sweet corn creme brulee with corn biscotti. Time now to visit the Citrus Blossom. And what they are serving is three brand new items. I always get excited when a booth has all new items. Number one, the orange sesame tempera shrimp with orange chili sauce. Second, citrus baked brie with preserved lemon marmalade, lemon or limoncello macerated blueberries, and spiced marcona almonds. Lemon meringue pie, lemon curd, lemon mousse, and toasted meringue. It should be meringue, you know. (laughs) All these challenging words. Moving on, we're going to Brunch Cot. Brunch Cot, that booth is located right in front of Test Track. And they have proven over many festivals now to have some of the most unique foods 
And of this menu, they have four items, and one of them is new. The one plant-based garden graze is avocado toast with marinated toy box tomatoes and toasted ciabatta. Now, that might be something that I don't order because I've had it. Uh, some things I like, and I just won't get them again because I'm just focused on other things. Um, Another returning favorite that I will have for sure, without a doubt, probably more than once, is the shrimp and grits. Blackened shrimp and cheddar cheese grits with brown gravy and sweet corn salsa. Lox Benedict uh, on everything. Fo. Oh, I can't even say that word. Fochia. I can't even say that word. We're just going to say Lox Benedict on everything. Fochachia. <laughs> this is bad. F-O-C-A-C-C-I-A. With everything spiced, cream cheese, shallots, crispy capers, and hollandaise. That's the brand new one. And they return with the dessert of fried cinnamon roll bites with cream cheese frosting and candied bacon. That's some challenging stuff. The other thing I'll say is about that particular location, that's where they had the fries... Uh, what was that? The, I think it was flower, not flower and garden. It was wine, um, food and wine festival that they had unbelievable fries there. And we just got them every time. It was probably the most visited booth ever within one festival for us. So hopefully those will come back for food and wine. I bet they do. I mean, I saw the transactions when I looked at it over the year and how many we, how many times we visited that booth. Definitely broke records. You head over to Germany now, and I always go to Germany. I have never eaten something in Germany that I haven't liked. Uh, Everything's just amazed is there, and nothing is new, which is okay. It's on my list, so we'll work it in at some point. We're talking two types of uh, potato pancakes. There's potato pancakes with house-made applesauce, and that is gluten and wheat-friendly, plant-based, and garden graze. Potato pancake with caramelized ham, onions, and herb sour cream. Also gluten and wheat friendly. Toasted pretzel uh, bread topped with black forest ham and melted gure cheese. And warm cheese strudel with mixed berries. I might have to go get the dessert on day one. That dessert just looks amazed is right there. That looks like that's the top 10 booths that we are going to visit Want to thank AJ from Disney Food Blog for putting out those wonderful menus with as many pictures as possible so that we can also bring you that information pretty early. So I'm prepared. I've got the app. There's an app out there that you can get that helps you navigate the food festivals very, very well. And um, if I can get that for you, It is called, it's just food and wine. You just look it up uh, on your app store, food and wine. I know it's available for the iPhone. Uh, Not positive if it's available in the Android store. Time now for Diz Screen Play Theater. This time I have chosen another character that I think I hit spot on that I forgot about. We were live somewhere and someone had said, 
in the chat, is there anything you can't do? And I said, well, I know I can't do Donald Duck. I couldn't do Donald Duck to save my life. I don't even know how to begin to do a character like Donald Duck. But it made me think for some reason at the moment of Gollum from Lord of the Rings. So this is a scene now... I'm sure you won't compare word for word and inflection for inflection on this thing. It's been a long time since I've seen Lord of the Rings. So I'm just going to read the script and just interpret how I would say everything. But uh, listen for Gollum and enjoy. Night has fallen. Sam is asleep. But Frodo is awake. He holds the ring in the palm of his hand, staring at it and stroking it. Gollum. So bright, so beautiful. Frodo hides the ring and looks up to see Gollum stroking the center of his palm. He's crouched down in the distance. Gollum, our precious Frodo. What did you say? Gollum, master should be resting. Master need to keep his strength up. Frodo moves over and crouches in front of Gollum. Frodo, who are you? Gollum, mustn't ask us. Not its business. Frodo, Gandalf told me you were one of the river folk. Gollum, Cold be heart and hand and barn, and cold be travelers far from home. Frodo, he said your life was a sad story. Gollum, they do not see what lies ahead when sun has failed and the moon is dead. Frodo, you were not so different from a hobbit once, were you? Schmeagle? Gollum looks up slowly. What did you call me? Frodo. That was your name once, wasn't it? A long time ago. My... My name... Schmeagle. Gollum notices something overhead and screams... Sam, Black Riders! Gollum, hold, hold! Frodo, ah! That, my friends, is Lord of the Rings. I hope you enjoyed. Time now for our amusement ride feature of the week. And I figured, let's go something quite unexpected. Let's go Mad Tea Party. So... Right off the bat, I learned something that I did not realize. And maybe you did. And if you didn't, you're going to know right now in the first sentence. So here goes. Mad Tea Party. Mad Tea Party is a spinning teacup ride at five of six Disneyland-style theme parks around the world. The theme uh, is inspired by the unbirthday scene in Walt Disney's Alice in Wonderland, and plays a carousel version of the film's unbirthday song. It was one of the opening day attractions operating at Disneyland on July 17th, 
five. Ooh, let's say that like Marty McFly in Back to the Future. 1955. So the attraction is called Mad Tea Party at Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom. It's known as Alice's Tea Party at Tokyo Disneyland, Mad Hatter's Tea Cups at Disneyland Paris, and Mad Hatter Tea Cups at Hong Kong Disneyland. All five versions of the attraction are located in Fantasyland, and all except the Tokyo version were opening day attractions at their respective parks. Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and Hong Kong Disneyland versions do not have a big teapot in the center of the ride platform. The ride has gained infamy over the years for a number of guests who get motion sickness as a result of the spinning component to the ride. Like Dumbo the Flying Elephant, Disneyland and its Hong Kong counterpart have a replica of one of the teacups located outside the attraction to be used by guests for better photo opportunities. Here are some attraction facts. The ride system is three small turntables which rotate clockwise, each holding six teacups within one large turntable, rotating counterclockwise. Theming. The Dormouse can be seen popping his head out of a large teapot in the middle of the large turntable. This occurs only at Magic Kingdom in Tokyo Disneyland, as the other parks do not feature a central teapot. Hong Kong Disneyland and the March Hare refreshments at Disneyland Paris feature their own teapots apart from the ride. Restrictions. The original attraction at Disneyland is unable to run in the rain because once the turntables are saturated with a moderate amount of water, they slip and can no longer spin. The other versions of this attraction at Magic Kingdom, Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, and Hong Kong Disneyland are covered to prevent such situations, as well as to protect riders from extreme heat and sun. Unlike its Magic Kingdom, Tokyo Disneyland, and Hong Kong Disneyland counterparts, the Disneyland Paris version has a petal-shaped glass roof. Let's get into a little bit of history here at three of the parks. At Disneyland, several concepts for the Mad Tea Party were originally much more outrageous compared to today's version. One drawing showed the Mad Hatter's dinner table featured in the center of the ride as various lanterns and decorations all around uh, were on the table and other drawings showed 20 teacups circling in a central hub making it similar to a racetrack with banked curves for the first few months after the ride first opened the teacup spun on a bare platform before it was painted with the psychedelic spiral that exists today also, during the ride's first two years, the teacups had no brakes or clutches. Nothing limited how fast they could spin. The attraction's original location was directly behind King Arthur Castle and Sleeping Beauty Castle. It was given slight modifications in 1972 with ornamental arches connecting with the light posts and again in 1978 with the platform and teacups being repainted. In 1983, the whole attraction was completely remodeled and relocated to its present location near Matterhorn Bobsleds. 
It also incorporated a few ideas from the original concepts, such as colorful lanterns. In 2004, the attraction was modified to make it more difficult to spin fast after a disabled rider lost his balance and slipped from the teacup. Like other remaining 1955 attractions, one of Disneyland's teacups was painted gold in honor of the park's 50th anniversary in 2005. The installation at Disneyland was manufactured by Arrow Development. Over at Magic Kingdom, like Disneyland, Magic Kingdom's original 1971 version of this attraction opened without a roof. It was eventually added in 1973 along with a central teapot due to extreme weather conditions. It was updated in 1992 with a new color scheme, new music, and the colorful lanterns. In 2010, the canopy was repainted. Over in Disneyland Paris, the Paris version of the attraction is the only version to feature a petal-shaped glass roof and surrounding gardens. It also uses the Dormouse's teapot outside the ride near the March Hare's refreshments. The teacup's design were later used for Tokyo Disneyland and Hong Kong Disneyland's teacups. I'm the goat of Disney. I didn't ask for that title. I was given it. Or maybe I earned it. Let's touch on the foods I actually did eat this past week live on stream. Once again, if you are mildly unaware, we do have a YouTube channel and it is Living in Diz and amazing content over there. Check us out. Have so much fun. I have so much energy over there. (laughs) My family's amazing and we have amazing friends that join us. It is a really, really fun time. So I was alone by myself on Tuesdays, flying solo without Chewbacca. And I was like, what can I try that's different? Like, you really have to dig sometimes because in certain parks, things just don't change. You know, Epcot is easy because there are festivals coming in and out all year long. And the other parks, there's stuff, but you got to really look. And I feel like one park that doesn't vary things that much is Hollywood Studios. So I dug, 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 and I came up with Soul Food. It's Black History Month. Let's search out all the Black History foods. So I found two. I stopped at the ABC commissary to start the stream, and I tried the gumbo. And let me tell you, that gumbo was really good. Five out of five Mickeys. It had a brown gravy to it. Had andouille sausage in it. Long grain Ben's white rice, really, really good. And filling, the portion was great. It was $10.99. I would get it again, and I will probably get it tomorrow. The other thing that sounded very interesting was over at Woody's Lunchbox, they had the sweet potato tart, which is something that sounds, well, like you'd never hear that. Those two words put together, sweet potato, tart. So I was disappointed. There wasn't much filling to it. And if you wonder what a tart is over at Woody's Lunchbox, they're basically glorified Pop-Tarts. They're bigger. I like the texture better. 
uh, I don't know if texture is the right word. Um, it's, and you wouldn't call it material, but just the makeup of the outside of the tart itself is better than like your basic pop tart, higher quality, maybe. Uh, not much filling. The presentation was nice. It looked like sweet potato was smeared on the top. And they were like, it was like a little bit of chocolate and marshmallow up there and pecans. Uh, maybe not chocolate. And just tasting it, it was just sweet. So I think what they were going for was to make it look like sweet potato, but not really taste like sweet potato. So with that said, all in all, presentation and everything taken into it, I rated it, you know, like a 3.25 in that neighborhood, I think. And to me, I, I set that at the baseline of all tarts. Like, that's the worst you can do for a Woody's Lunchbox tart for me. So I basically gave it the lowest rating that I would give a tart because a tart can't go below 3.25, can it? No, it hasn't yet. So that is all the food that I ate this week. I know, right? Like, not much. But they were two things that I had never tried, and it was really, really good. At least one side of it was. All right, everybody. Kick back, relax. It's time for Corey story time. So I couldn't really come up with uh, a story that I really wanted to share this week, but I will tell you what happened kind of behind the camera. On Tuesdays, I was sitting and waiting for Fantasmic to start. And I'm looking at chat and I'm interacting while we're waiting because we were we went in early. And the reason why we went in early was because I was afraid of the show being full. Now there were two shows and that's a great tip and trick. If there are two shows being shown for Fantasmic, it's usually I believe eight o'clock and eight thirty I'm sorry, 8 o'clock and 9.30, so don't go to the first show because it will most likely um, sell out or fill up. Go to the second one because you can walk in last minute, sit down, and enjoy the show. But as we were walking through the area, we happened to hear that the second or the first show was canceled. And they didn't know if they were going to do part two or part two or the second show. So I came back early and we... They were already seating people, and it was probably like 8.55. So we just went in, and we sat down. And I'm looking at chat, and I'm interacting with chat while we're live, while we're waiting. I'm like, we got 30 minutes here. We really have to entertain everybody. And in the chat comes a name, Georgia Mary Jones, with a check mark, And I'm like, hmm, person has a check mark. We don't get a lot of check mark people in the chat. Let me click on that and see what her story is. And she is a wonderful singer, very talented, who sings Disney princess songs amongst cover songs and things like that out of the UK. And uh, she has 800,000 plus subscribers. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. Great to uh, have her in the chat and take an interest. And then next thing I know, there's a there's a tap on my uh, left shoulder and I hear this voice in a UK accent. That's me in the chat. <laughs> and I was like, huh? Oh, what? Oh, oh, I'm like, that's crazy. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm like, 
guess you're a pretty big deal then at 800K. And she was like, oh, well, you know. So turned around and ended up talking with her and her husband who are on vacation on uh, like a belated honeymoon, I guess, for uh, two weeks. And uh, that's amazing. It was really cool to have met them. And uh, hopefully we'll get her on the podcast sometime for uh, some Disney chat. I think that would be really neat, really cool. And uh, so, you know, I just wanted to pass that along during Corey's story time and uh, talk about that for a moment because uh, I thought that was that was pretty cool to see somebody come in, you know, uh, with such a, a great channel. And uh, we know a lot of people with a lot of great channels, but um, just funny how it happened. You know, hey, I'm right here. I'm behind you. <laughs> So hope she's having a great time rounding out her trip. And uh, hopefully we will talk to her sometime on the pod. That's going to do it for another week of the Diz Pod. Thank you so much for listening. Congratulations for getting this far and listening to me. Before we go, just want to mention that... You can always check us out during the week. Five-minute podcasts are what we drop on the Swell app. That's, that is S-W-E-L-L. And we drop those five-minute podcasts. And you can also drop a response of your own by audio. And sometimes I do respond. And you can look us up on the Swell app. All one word, living in Diz. If you're ever interested in going beyond and donating to the channel, it really, really helps us. It helps support what we're doing. And you can check us out on Patreon and the Diz Club memberships. You can just go over to any video on our channel, click on it, click on any live stream, and all the details are there for you to join. Check out livingindiz.com. It's your one-stop shop for everything living in Diz. Drop your email in there so you're emailed and notified every single time that we drop a pod or drop a new live stream announcement. There's so much more at Living in Diz. It was created by me, powered by Diz Tech. The Diz Shop is there for Diz merch. And I'm going to have to design a pod, a podcast one now. I just thought of that right now during the recording and the closing so much more. Our extended schedule for live streaming is there. Check that out as well. And any questions, concerns, or just want to say hello, drop us a line at livingindiz at gmail.com. Good day, everyone, and we'll see you in the parks. <laughs>